0: This is Relationships and Revenue with John Hewlin, and you are listening to part two of my interview with Dr. Marie Cosgrove. If you haven't heard the first part of my interview, go ahead and pause this episode right now. Go back, check out part one, because I think you'll really enjoy it, and then come back to this one so you can get the rest of the story. Dr. Marie Cosgrove has a fantastic story, and I can't wait for you to hear the entirety of it. So again, sit back, relax, and enjoy part two of my conversation with Dr. Marie Cosgrove. Life is all about relationships and great leaders heavily invest in those relationships. On the Relationships and Revenue podcast, we talk about how to improve our most significant relationships at home so we can be better in our business relationships. We talk with experts from all over the world representing many disciplines about the best tips and strategies to become amazing people. And amazing leaders. Welcome to the show.
1: I had to do the same thing. Like, why am I, you know, why am I attracting all these men with red flags? You know, why does this keep happening to me with domestic violence? All these losers, I get it. And it was like you, what's the common denominator me, you know? So what's wrong with me that I keep choosing this for myself? And I had to do the hard work. And, you know, that's, I guess... You know, we both touched on it. We didn't actually say it. We're talking about relationships. Probably the most important relationship you need to build with, build up is yourself. The relationship Mm -hmm. with yourself and find out what your truth is. A lot of times we don't want to dig in that deep because it's too painful or shameful. And for me, it was shame of talking about my truth. And part of my truth, which I had hidden for years i was gonna die you know i was gonna die with these secrets i was never gonna have yeah i didn't want anybody to know them and i remember one of the first talks i gave my best friend dr miller who she passed away that was a painful experience uh she passed away a couple years ago really young beautiful, beautiful 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 doctor she um was crying and she was. You never told yeah. me this, and I said, mm-hmm. "Yeah, I know. I was raised to keep it a secret. I was raised to lie about my family and who I was." And so mm-hmm. she had met my family and she thought who my family was was my family, but they weren't my family. It was all a lie.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And basically, it was a lot of stress that had built up in my life, and I had to deal with all of this. And like you said, it wasn't for you. It wasn't overnight. It wasn't for me. I don't think it is for anyone. Um, it's very painful to have to go through that and dig really deep. But basically, I am a product of rape. I was born to a mentally disabled single mom. She was in a car accident and it caused a uh, traumatic brain injury, permanent brain damage. And that's why I'm passionate about what I do. So it kind of came full circle. Yeah. But she raised me for the first five years of my life. And that was not good. She was schizophrenic. She was on a lot of medications. Mm-hmm. And so, All of my experiences, um, impacted the way I viewed the world. It impacted, uh, the relationships that I developed on the personal side. It caused me to have low self-esteem. But once I was able to embrace my truth, Hey, this is who I am. This is what I can, you know, I came into this world out of adversity. That's the truth. That's my truth. And once I was able to embrace that, it was so freeing. And Mm -hmm. in my culture, Being a Hispanic female, it's not okay to speak your truth. You do not shame the family name. You protect the family name no matter what you've gone through. You know, your dad could have been a murderer, but you're going to protect your dad. You won't dare say it. You won't tell anybody and you cover everything up. And I have actually been asked to share that part of my story on stage, which I have. Um, in front of my 35,000 people, i have shared that, and yeah. I had Hispanic people come up to me and say, in Spanish, girl, you've got balls. I <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: but I feel it has been so important for me to release my truth, but not really uh, for me, but to let other people know that it's okay. You're okay. You're not, I used to think I was the only one in the world that went through this. <laughs> I was the only one that was broken, and yeah. nobody could see my brokenness because nobody could be as broken as me. And I'm mm-hmm. going to hide it. And I think that was part of why I did so well in whatever job I was in, you know, in mm-hmm. sales. I did very well, not only to, because I had to support my family, but I think somehow in the back of my mind, oh, this is my value. I have value. Look what I can do. I do have value. Then mm-hmm. I came to the realization. that no, your business does not give you value. It doesn't add to who you are as a person one bit. Mm. And so then I came to the realization: has nothing to do with with business. You can be a millionaire. You can be. You can have just filed bankruptcy. You can be, you know, a million dollars in debt. You still have value. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter what your financial situation is. You still have value. And. Coming to my truth helped me recognize that. And so when I hear women come up to me, I had, I'll never forget this one woman. She came up to me, she hugged me really tight and she's just crying and crying. And she says, today you just released 35 years of shame and of my life. And I'm like, why? And she says, I too am a product of rape and it's been a big, big secret in my family. And I couldn't tell anybody. And you're the first person I tell. And just releasing that was so healing for her. Mm -hmm. And so now I just speak my truth. And so it's not comfortable. It Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's uncomfortable, but I think it's important that you're okay. doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter what anyone has done to you or what you've done to anybody else. You're going to be okay. Just do the work and you're going to be okay. Get yourself a life coach or a you know, personal executive executive coach or or a counselor.
0: Mm-hmm. Tell us about the Moxie experience.
1: So, the Moxie experience is a new podcast, which I haven't officially launched yet, but I've already recorded 33 episodes <laughs> and uh, we're, it's in post production right now. So, what we do is we interview people that have Moxie, grit, determination they're going to get through no matter what adversity they're facing so i like to interview um everyone from i've interviewed filmmakers directors actors actresses uh, i've interviewed authors speakers uh, yeah. business people you know ordinary people that have come through some amazing circumstances in life mm-hmm. that can add value add positivity um motivate and just um it's pretty much like entertainment so Mm. Uh, educating people while entertaining them and adding sure. value to others. So that's what of Moxie experience fits. And it's, and that great guest like Nick Wojcik and, um, Les Brown and, mm-hmm. you know, just, um, uh, filmmaker Carmen Morel She made a go for it in Endgame. So a lot of amazing directors and filmmakers. Uh, it's, it's a great, great, um, show. And I can't wait to, um, for it to launch and, I said this, I'm embarrassed, but last year I was like, oh, it's going to launch on this date, and it didn't, and then I said January, not here, we're mm-hmm. we end of February, not going in March, but uh, they're getting close on the post-production of it, so they're getting very, very close to to finishing that out. It's gotcha. a gorgeous studio, it's called the Oprah Studios, it's just it's oh. beautiful. So if you want to come join me in Dallas, Texas, I, I'm in Ohio, but I fly once a month to go do the recordings. No, um, okay. If you're ever in Dallas, let me know because I'd love to have you as a guest.
0: Oh, wow. I'd I'd be honored. Yeah. I'd be honored to be there. Well, I can't ask every guest this, but I know I can ask you this question. Tell me what kind of an impact your faith has on your business.
1: My faith? Huge, huge impact. I, You know what? I probably wouldn't be here today. My business wouldn't be here after so many. It started in 2006, but I bought it in 2010. So mm-hmm. definitely would not be here if it wasn't for my faith. Because we've mm-hmm. gone through challenges. I don't care how successful your business is, you're gonna go through challenges. Anyone who mm-hmm. says they, oh, I'm so successful, I never go through challenges, they're lying. bloody. <laughs> the COVID, for example, we went through some serious challenges. Mm-hmm. There were parts that were discontinued. And when you mm-hmm. have a product that you're manufacturing and they're like FPG boards and all um, I mean chips that go into our boards and Mm -hmm. a lot of these components that are discontinued or they're no longer, you can't find them anymore. A lot of manufacturing companies actually just shut their doors. A lot of them that have been around for 50 years, just they're tired. The owners are tired. They don't want to start the process all over again. They just shut their doors. It's very, Mm -hmm. very sad. So a lot, we're not the only ones Ford, you know, went through that with a lot of their trucks with some chips that they couldn't get. And they, Hence, that's why you, you would see very sparse, you know, the, the parking lots of, of new auto dealerships. That's why um, used cars were really a hot thing because yeah. you couldn't find a new car. It was very hard to come by. And so that was difficult. That posed a lot of challenges because when you don't have the part that you use, you can't just replace it with any part because it impacts all the components of mm-hmm. your device. And we have multiple boards that we use. We have like our control box. We have... Uh, a goggle set that has a a specific board that we use. This is not something you can buy off the shelf either because we make our own boards. Mm -hmm. So when you have to replace a part, you have to go through a a whole redesign and test Mm -hmm. all the electrical components, make sure they work. What happens, that means you have no sales. You can't sell until you develop them. That takes years. So like two years and I'm like, okay, well, somehow... Um, God, if it, you know, if it's your will that we continue to serve and to help people with traumatic brain injury, then you're going to get us through. I don't know how, but you'll get us through. And I'm mm-hmm. like, um, do you know, it's going to cost like millions of dollars and, you know, then, you know, payroll, when you've got a mm-hmm. lot of, you know, engineers and clinicians that you're paying, the payroll is huge part of it. How are you going to sure. continue payroll when you have no sales? But you have to think outside the box, right? Yeah. So we started thinking of, okay, well, let's develop a new product that we can get to the market much quicker. And yeah. let's and let's continue developing our flagship product. So that's what we did. Really? We went through redesign. Uh we, you know, we made it through and then we redesign, we go through the whole process and we find new components for our boards. They seem to work, they they're tested, everything works great. Let's place the order for these um, components that we need for our boards.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, guess what? That's discontinued. So start all over again. And so you just have to be creative. And you ha- you know, you're constantly, when you're a business owner, you have to think outside of the box. You have to be mm-hmm. creative. You have to think, how can I create something new out of this situation that's happened to us? And mm-hmm. how can... We redesign, or how can we do things in a whole new way? And so that's right. what we've had to do. So that would not happen without my faith and it allows me to be calm because
2: mm-hmm.
1: who God owns everything? It doesn't even belong to me. And when I think about my, you know, what, why am I going to worry about whether I can make payroll or not? Because I'm thinking, Oh my goodness, they've got families to support. They've got car payments. They've got mortgages. They've got kids. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge burden. And I was carrying that for a while. And then I'm like, wait, God, you love them more than I do. That's your responsibility. It's not mine. That's yours. You're going to help me help them. And somehow you'll get us through. So I just rely on God. And my employees are like, um, do you you know payrolls next week? And I don't know how we're going to do this. Don't worry about it. And they're like, he's crazy. <laughs>
2: and,
1: then, <laughs> and then they're like, okay, we made it through, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. And so
1: my employees are very, very educated, very smart. I've got the smartest engineers in the country. And unfortunately, they're not based like I am. Mm. And that's okay. But, um, you know, they, they don't understand it. They think <laughs>
2: that's <laughs> naughty.
1: But... Now, uh, they've worked for me for so long, you know, I've got some of the same stuff when I bought the company, the same staff. So they're used to it now. And they're like, mm. oh, she'll figure it out. Figure <laughs> it. Even, even today, like I was having a meeting with one of my engineers. And I said, um, we got this new product about we just got FDA clearance on it. And then I'm developing something else. And he goes, do you know how much those cost? And that's gonna cost, you know, X millions of dollars. And I'm like, We'll deal with it. It'll be fine. Okay. just walks away. (laughs) But but I remember when I first bought the company, the same employee would come up to me and say, and give me like a million reasons why this could not be done. Mm. And then I'm like, Oh, there's, there's a way it'll be fine. Well, maybe you got to play. If we do this, if we do that, doesn't do that to me anymore. Mm. Just he's, he's used to it. So yeah, faith is, you know, even if, for whatever reason, we have to shut our doors, I'm okay Mm -hmm. because I know it all belongs to God. God's got me. He's already taken care of this. And, you know, I know if you're a business owner, because I hear this a lot. um, Actually, this happened to another one of my clients. He had a, a boy that was very irate and just basically all of their data was gone. All their patient files completely gone. Wow. Eliminated their dictation system to dictate kaput. They had to get a whole new system. Turns out that it didn't just go kaput. Someone actually intentionally took, you know, ev- destroy everything. Wow. Yeah. So it, it's horrifying because that cost a lot of money. Damn. They get burnt up and running. Sure. Um, talk about loss of... You know, you can't even put a dollar amount on the losses. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, as I'm coaching him, I'm like, you know what? He's a person of faith also. And he's just like totally freaking out. And I'm like, you know what? God's already judged this. He's already judged it. You don't need to judge it. God's taking care of it. You just get that person out of the organization, you Mm -hmm. know, and do what you need to do. God's going to take care of it. And then he's like, oh, but you'll understand I need $25,000 because. I have this bill we haven't paid since August and they're going to come after me. They're totally freaking out and, and I've got payroll and, and I can't do the bill. I can't do payroll. I can't do this all. the time. It's like, don't worry. God's got this. God loves your employees more than you love your employees. You you can't care more about your employees than God. God's got this. Mm-hmm. Called me the afternoon. Guess what? I got the $25,000 <laughs> money came in, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so faith is so important. So Whatever, if you're a business owner, you're listening to this and you're going through something or someone's hurt your business or some competitor has thrown a wrench into whatever you're doing. Don't worry about it. If you're a person of faith, just know this. God got this. He's already judged it. He already took care of it. As a Christian, you know, he paid that debt on the cross. He felt it. He took care of it and he will be the judge of it. He'll take care of you. So leave it to him. And I know you may be thinking like, how you don't understand what I want to do. (laughs) Well, I've I've gone through quite a bit. I mean, I've I've had multiple businesses and I've had some crazy, crazy stuff. So um, put your faith to work and trust in God. Because I think I really do believe that worry is one of the biggest sins. Because you're, you're saying, God, I don't trust you. God, you're not big enough to take care of my problem. Are you kidding me? Be that on the cross for your sins and for the sins of the entire world. You're saying that your God's not big enough. Why in the world are you worried about it? You have no reason to be worried about anything.
0: Uh Oh, Dr. Marie's about to preach now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This is a fun one. I like asking people this question because I get every answer is so unique and so different. I believe very much that failing is an integral part of success with that thought in mind. Tell me about a time you failed big and what was the result?
1: Oh, I have failed so many times, which is my biggest failure. Um, biggest failure. Hey. Um, I lost a $14 million business.
0: That's a big one.
1: That's a big one. Yeah, That's it is. That's one. Um, that was a big one. And what I learned from that big, big failure was always listen to your instinct because if I hadn't listened to my instincts, I wouldn't have lost it. What ended up happening is I had built this business and I had a uh, distributor that brought in a salesperson that I just got this feeling like this is not right. But mm-hmm. I had huge respect for the distributor because they were also a client and they had purchased millions and millions of dollars worth of equipment. So a lot of respect for them. So they said, we hired this sales rep. They're going to be our salesperson. For our distribution company we love this product we want to distribute it and so i went along with it and this person actually went to our competitors and said why don't i'm on your team i can't push i can't stand this company i'm going to give you all the inside information you sue them and then we'll get them out of business i'll go into business with you and will dominate the market. Wow. Well, I didn't, this is like a novel. I didn't find any, and, and this is all documented. I have all of the court records and all this. This is so crazy. So anyways, um, I didn't know all this till the end. Okay. So then I get a lawsuit and this competitor had been horrible. They, they, they've been awful. They had been um, just saying all kinds of craziness, everything. So when I get told, a distributor contacts me and they said, Marie, I can't close the sale because they're saying. Company is getting sued. Can you mm. help me with it? And I'm like, we're not getting sued. That's ridiculous. She sends me another email. She says, Here's the document. I'm like, What? I've never seen this before. Apparently, they had filed a lawsuit six months before they were disseminating it to try to uh, dominate the market and beat yeah. us out of sales. So I contacted my attorney. My attorney's like, I'm a contract attorney. I don't deal with this. You need a patent attorney. You're getting sued for patent infringement. Patent infringement. What? We have our own patent. That doesn't even make any sense. So I contacted a patent attorney and they're expensive. They're like $100,000 a month. And then it gets expensive once you go to court. And this is like millions of dollars. And Mm -hmm. I'm spending millions and millions of dollars. Long story short, what this guy's intention was to get us both in the lawsuit. Both of us go under. He gets both of our secrets and then creates his own company and he dominates the market. Wow. But what ended up happening, that other company did go out of business. FDA shut them down. One of my engineers gave them the code. They he took the code. They started a company, which theirs went under too. But by that point, I had spent millions of dollars on this lawsuit, with, which I want. The judge signed it with um, uh with prejudice, meaning they couldn't come back and sue me. But mm-hmm. I ended up losing because I can't go countersue because the company went under. And then the owner died from cancer right mm-hmm. after. There's no one to sue. Company's yeah. gone. Uh, the other guy, his company went under. Then he was indicted by the Department of Justice. Oh my God. You know, it, it was just like, and by that point, I was so tired to just start over. I just like, they had adulterated it and I just like let it go. And that was like a $14 million business. So in my book, I address that like, listen to your instincts. And we tend, as when we become adults, we tend to ignore a, our instincts. And if you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit tells you, you know, there's something not right here. You know, there's, you know, li- listen to your, you know, that small, still voice, you know, what actions this person is saying. They might say the perfect things, but their actions don't match what they're, mm-hmm. what they're saying or their mm-hmm. spirit. It's in their eyes or it's in their voice. It's something. <laughs> and all of us have it. If you look back in life and, well, yeah, I thought this about this person and then it all went sideways. Um, So. Listening to your intuition, that is the biggest lesson from that huge failure that I had.
0: Gotcha. Okay. What would you say is your number one daily habit?
1: My number one daily habit is prayers. Beg- okay. I begin the day with prayer. And the next thing I do is I read my Bible. I used to read it as a fortune cookie. Use Bible's not meant to be written as a fortune cookie. It is 66 books. So you've got the book of Marks. Chapter one through sixteen. Read it in order. It, you get the entire context. Who is written to you? Get the whole story. Like you're not gonna read a Harry Potter series and pull well, book, you know, book number three, and then read one sentence of well, book number one. Read another sentence and say this is what it all means. No, you it's an entire series, and you get you read the first book, and then you know you have to read the entire book in order. We don't do that with the the Bible, a lot of of us, not everyone, but Mm -hmm. I used to definitely read it like a fortune cookie. What does God have to say to me today? What's my word? And I opened the Bible. Oh, this is my word. No. Can you imagine if you wanted to make suicide and you're feeling depressed? What you, what you do, go and do quickly. (laughs) It's like, no. You you don't read it as, as a fortune cookie. It's not, it's, it's, there's 66 books in it. That's my habit. And ever since I started doing that, my whole life has completely transformed. I used to be very, what you call religious, very judgmental. Like, oh my goodness, this person is doing that. I can't believe it. Or they call themselves a Christian and they're doing that. And since I've been reading the Bible, it's like, if you look at every book, it begins with a prayer, even the church of Corinth, which they were into I mean, sexual immorality, big time, incest, uh, just like all kinds of craziness that was going on. But it always begins with a prayer and a blessing upon the church. And we stopped doing that. We stopped praying for each other. Like, you know, if we see, hey, you're in church and you know, there's this couple and the, the woman or the guy is having an affair we become judgmental oh my goodness can you believe they're doing that and there's gossip and bitterness and
2: mm-hmm. happens
1: in the church it's horrible we need to start praying for them we need to start going to them and being compassionate and then you can go back and tell them hey you know this is that right and when you start working and they feel the love because at that point they're sh- they're covering up their shame they don't want anybody to know but people know right they talk and they know and it causes You know, going back to your point of relationships, you know, we are, well, not every church and, but this was my experience because I remember when I was divorced in the church, domestic violence situation, I did not have the support from the church. It was all judgment. You, you need to respect your husband. You do not get divorced no matter what. And I'm like, wait a minute, the Bible says, if anyone hurts any of these little ones, it's better for him to hang a millstone around his neck and throw himself in the deep sea. Like, that's what the Bible says. And I'm not going back because I don't want to end up dead and not all my kids getting hurt. But it's Mm -hmm. this judgmental, legalistic attitude that I had. And I always go back to the story that both liberals and conservatives use. And it's the story of the woman caught in adultery. Liberals, Mm -hmm. will use it to say, hey, who's there to judge you? You shouldn't judge anybody. And conservatives will use that to say, you need to judge. God said, go and sin no more. We need to be, we need to judge. No, we need to take it, you know, we, we, we take it to one extreme or the other. But what did Jesus do? Jesus is the perfect example. He first went to her with compassion. First, he said, oh, who cast the first soul when this woman's caught in adultery, which the penalty was stoning to death, right? Mm-hmm. So he goes to her with compassion first, and then he tells her, go and sin no more. So as a conservative, you can't go to someone and say, you're going to go to hell because you're not going to help anybody. And they're going to get further into their, you know, stubbornness, right?
2: Hmm.
1: But if you go with compassion, then they open up their heart and then you can reach to them. They mean, Just like you're doing when you're coaching, you're going into what the root of the problem is. Let's go into the relationships. What's going on? You're listening. You're being there for them. You're helping them get to the root of the problem so that they can get healing. And you can't get healing if we're out there just hammering people. Um, you're doing wrong. You're not doing this right. And, you know, it just causes so many problems. And so I've learned, like that, that's what I said, I pray for my enemies. I do. I pray because mm-hmm. if you claim that you here I go to ago my preaching, I'm sorry. But if you claim to be a Christian, you claim to be a believer, you're going to pray for your employees because you want them to be saved. Even if they're not, now, it doesn't mean like, I respect my employees. God gives us free will. I can't force the Bible on them. I can't force them to believe the way I believe because that's their choice. God mm-hmm. gave them free will. And if God gives them free will, what's who am I to put that on them? That's not my responsibility. My responsibility mm-hmm. is to pray for them. My responsibility is to love them. My responsibility is to be there for them and to be the best example of being loving, of being kind and having the gifts, the fruit of the spirit. That's my responsibility. Mm. That's it. And then I pray for them and then God does the rest. And so if you are a believer, that's what we need to be doing. We need to be praying for them. We, you know, I think our country is so polarized because of that, mm. because you see people on, um, and I know you're not a political podcast, but it's ugly out there and. You know the people on the left say, "Well, Christians don't care; they're judgmental, and this is who I am." And the there's like that's disgusting. Your lifestyle, you, the way you live, and um, we need to come together and we need to find common ground. We need to be more compassionate. We need to be more loving. And you're not going to reach anybody by being more judgmental. And so, reading my Bible has helped me transform the way I think. From you know. I probably was one of those horrible people who someone would come up, I'm hungry and I got no shoes. Well, go get a job. Stop being lazy. Go do something. Where now it's like, how can I help you? And then, you know, where are you struggling? Let's help you get a job. (laughs) But You know, know, I, I think that as a society, we need to do better of, you know, finding common ground, especially as believers. And do better pray for each other and um you know i i know that i've spoken at faith-based communities and mm-hmm. i start speaking i'll never forget when i got off stage one guy came up to me like, man i thought you were a liberal and i was getting really angry but then i heard your story i'm like oh she's a conservative i'm like i'm not a liberal i'm not a conservative you know i'm not because i used to be i used to be very you know black and white, I don't think that mm-hmm. way anymore. It's just um, I. that's how the Bible has been so transformational for me and my life, mm-hmm. is it's helped me to be more well-rounded. And I still mm-hmm. need a lot of growth. I still need a lot of growth. But it's been the best personal development book that, that has helped me. Mm-hmm. Bible.
0: Gotcha. You know, I would say as I've aged, I've learned that There are very clear things that are black and white, right and wrong, but not to the extent that I used to think that there's a lot more room in the middle that's all different shades of gray. Um, And it's it's learning to embrace the gray that makes life sweeter, especially especially for someone who very much was this is right. This is wrong. And when you're so rigid. I, you miss so much that's available to you because you don't have the eyes to see and ears to hear. You just don't. I'm a, okay. I'm a am re- a recovering perfectionist. And, uh, in some, in some senses, I would say Pharisee enough for those of you listening, that have no idea what I'm talking about. You need to look that up. Maybe you'll discover something very interesting. I don't want to spoil it for you. So I'll leave that for you guys. We're getting close to wrap-up time, uh, Dr. Moravis. Uh, a few other things I want to ask you about. Um, these next two questions are related. Uh, who is investing in you right now, and how are you investing in yourself?
1: So I have a lot of coach this because I need all the help I can mm. get. So I do have-
0: I like to um, hear that.
1: Nuss Brown is still my speaker coach. Uh, he poured into me. I just got off the phone with him earlier today. Um, my mentor, uh, Dr. Morton, that I had mentioned before, he poured into me on on the business side of things. And uh, I have consultants uh, for different things. You know, like mm-hmm. we have consultants for quality control, for example. So I have consultants um, specializing different things that that I need. I think that is so important for you to invest in. Whether it's your business or your personal life, you need those people that have walked where where you're going through or where you're gonna go through because they can help guide you and they can help you avoid pitfalls. And so um, we both know the Bible says that you know we gain wisdom from learning from those that are you know from the elderly from the from our elders, right? Mm -hmm. The older elder woman should teach the younger woman because the younger woman can learn from from older women that have gone through some of these things. And I think that's really important. So those are some of the people that uh, pour into me. Okay. And uh, you said, and how I'm pouring into myself. And I think mm-hmm. that I it, it's it's through um, The Bible is what I used to pour into myself. I do also listen to other books, secular books, um, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot to learn, you know, and, you know, just science and the way technology is progressing.
0: So I read a lot of
1: white papers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, but my my main go to book, I have that, and then there's other books. That like right now, I'm listening to a book. Um, the title of it the The Body Keeps Score. Okay. Um, I'm listening to that book. It's a great book. I'm actually gonna go through it again because mm-hmm. I don't, I love that book. That's a secular book. There's I don't obviously don't agree with everything in that book, but mm-hmm. it, it's it's a great great. Well, that's been very helpful to me. So I do read a lot of self-help books as well.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. And what would you say if if somebody were to ask you right now, okay, I need a recommendation for a book. Like I've got a long flight coming up. I need a book to read. What's the first thing that comes to mind?
1: Well, the first thing that comes to mind, you got to get my book, Greater Fortune.
0: <laughs> well, of course. I, okay. Outside of your own book.
1: that's some teasing. But it's a great book actually um if you if you want a you know uh, it depends what you're going through actually um because body keeps the score such a good book i highly recommend that if you've gone through any type of trauma in your life or you have a good friend that's gone through trauma that's an excellent book i highly recommend it mm-hmm. so it depends um your situation you know a great book uh for business it is a 21 irrefutable log, by John Maxwell, that's a great book for, for mm-hmm. business on leadership. Yeah. Um, and those are the top two books that come to mind okay.
2: immediately
1: because I read so many and sometimes I forget their titles or who wrote <laughs> kind of, I just read so many books. I go, sure. you know, I book through so many. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And folks, this is a good time for me to announce this and no one will be surprised when I say this, if you want a signed copy, of Dr. Marie's book, this is how you do it. You get out your handy dandy phone right here. You take a screenshot of this episode and you have to tag Dr. Marie and me in it. And when you do, the first person is going to get a signed copy on me. How's that for a deal? Now see, Dr. Marie, I never offer this at the beginning of an episode. I want people to get all the way through the episode to get to this part.
1: That is a great deal. That's awesome.
0: I appreciate that. And of course, folks, I cannot say this enough. When it comes to getting your books, every time you buy a book, buy a minimum of two copies. Always two or more. Here's why. First one's for you. Second one, to give away. Always do that. Be ready to give away a copy because if you're excited about the book, people are going to ask to borrow it. Don't make the mistake I did for years and lend your books out and you never get them back. It, oh, I, I kid you not. man. It took me years, Dr. Marie, to figure that out. So about five years ago, I figured it out. It's like, okay, just invest in two books or more. and just start There's a copy. I'm just going to give away. I already know it. And that's what I'm doing. And it's worked ever that. since.
1: That is great advice because it happened to me. There's a book and I can't find it anymore. Mm-hmm. It's no longer in publication. And I gave it away and I can't. The person said they lost it. The person I lent it to. Oh, no. So, so yes, that's a great advice. Buy two books. That's a great, great, great advice.
0: I appreciate that. How can folks find you if they want to connect with you, learn more about you and about your story?
1: So at resilient, Ex- resilient expert on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, and then uh, mariecodgrove.com is my website. So just follow me on social media and then you can get updates on my podcast when that's released and uh, you- you'll be getting content there.
0: Very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, we're coming up to our time for our final 4 There They're four quick questions. You just tell me the first thing that pops in your head. But before we do those, do you either have any parting words for the audience or do you have anything coming up that you're excited about that you need to tell us?
1: So I've got EdgeCon coming up
0: okay. uh,
1: March 10th, You'll find that on my website, EdgeCon. And then I've got another really cool um, event called uh, the Resilient Leader. And that's with Dr. Robert Rome, and that's in Cancun. That's eight days, uh, seven nights. And it's a uh, Resident leadership workshop and certification, all inclusive. It includes everything. And because Doctor Rome is so crazy generous, and he's he's just amazing, um, he's doing this offer. It's four thousand nine ninety five, and that's for two people. You share a room, wow. though. Two people, you get a manicure, pedicure, spa. Uh, the workshop is um, it's on Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So it's really like a vacation, you know, like a mm-hmm. vacation because you really get to um, have that vacation time and just enjoy it. And you get your private driver, you get a private golf golf cart with a with a driver, all meals, all drinks, all d- 24-7, wow. all activities. You know, if you want to swim with the whales, you want to swim with the dolphins, Shark, I think they're. Well sharks. You can swim with the whale well, sharks. It's really, really a cool experience. It's, it's amazing. I did it last year. So I'm really excited about that. That's March 23rd through April the 1st. Nice. So
0: that's
1: exciting nice stuff.
0: All right. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. So here we go. Our final four. Are you ready? Ready. <clears throat> okay. Okay. That was not the first question, buddy.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right.
0: Question one. Why did God create Marie?
1: Why did God create Marie? Uh, I believe that God created me and all of us um, because he want to have a relationship with us. I think that he uh, created us uh, for a relationship. The Bible says that we're the apple of his eye. And so we are. I mean, he loved us so much that he died on the cross for every single one of us. And, he, and I think everybody listening knows this because of technology. You know, nobody has your fingerprint. your eye, the same iris as you do, the same vocal cords. Um, even our heartbeats are so unique that there's scanners that can scan our our heartbeats and, and, uh, Mm -hmm. that's proof that we are uniquely made and there is a purpose for you. And if you don't know what that purpose is, ask God, the way I view it is, you know, whatever is said in front of me, I ask God, Hey, guide me. This is what you said in front of me. let me do the best job at whatever is said in front of me, because I look at it as that's what his was for me to do. You know, Mm -hmm. that's what's set in front of me. And um, so I am really grateful and thankful to know this because for a lot, for a big part of my life, I thought that there was no purpose for me because Mm I am a product of rape. And I remember Christians not knowing any better telling me, you know, you're a bastard child. And made me feel like that, And there was nothing I could possibly do to earn God's love. And when then I came to the realization that God died for, yes, even me. And I do have a father, even though my birth certificate is blank, which is father. I do have a father. I have a father in heaven. And I matter. You matter. You have a purpose. We all have a purpose. If you're human and you're breathing and you have a heartbeat, you matter. You have a purpose. And God does love you and you know i think that we need not to forget that because i think we tend to forget that we we tend to think oh we're insignificant we'll read a headline about the billions and billions of stars and the universe and like oh where where is god and i must be this insignificant person here no Bible says you are the apple of his eye there is a purpose for you you do have value and no you're not a max that's that's an impossibility there's no one like you and you can never be replaced
0: (laughs) that's right that's right. Uh, number two, what are you doing, reading, or listening to right now that's helping you grow?
1: Okay. So I think I mentioned that before. I'm reading. I did you read my Bible every day? Yep. And like I read this book and then I'm reading that book uh, right now, The Body Keeps Score. Mm-hmm. And so I do every, I always read two books, uh, you know, the Bible and the self help book. Mm-hmm. That helps me grow. Up. So I. Okay. Invest in myself in that way where once I'm done with that book, this one's unusual where I'm actually good, planning on going through it twice. I usually don't mm-hmm. do that with the books. Okay. And um, But that to me is because of my past history of trauma <laughs> as sure. a child. It, it really hit home for me. And I've come to the realization that there are a lot more people out there that have had trauma that don't discuss it. And it's like mm-hmm. they keep it head in. And that does affect you in the workplace as well. It affects the relationships you have. It affects the way you view the world. It affects the way you view each other Mm -hmm. and personal issues. And so that's why I can't thank you enough for what you're doing and delving into the relationship side of it and getting to the personal side of it, because that is so important um, to get through all of that so that you can be successful in business.
0: I appreciate that. Thank you. What do you do for fun?
1: For fun, um, well, right now it's winter, so um, sledding when there's a lot of snow. I love to go sledding, and in the summer it's roller coasters, theme parks. I I just love roller coasters. I think I'll be riding them till like I'm ninety. Wow. Uh, anything outdoors, zip lining, hiking, um, swimming, beaches, you know, any anything like that. That's what I do for fun. Usually I travel on that. So usually what I do is. I go to a historical, I love history too. So I go to mm. a historical place. Uh Yesterday, I was in Kentucky. So I went to go, was it yesterday? No, two days, the 14th. Okay. <laughs> the 14th, I-, I went to cathedrals and I'm looking at old church that were built like in yeah, 1900 or 18, something, which mm. was a lot of fun. I love old cathedrals and, you know, old Catholic churches and, Mm-hmm. Just walking through those, those are some of the things that I do work on. But I try to go see historical places, museums, I love museums, and any, anything like that. Okay, and stand up comedy that's that's what <laughs> happened because I love the, to get see, and the
0: stand up comedy. Okay,
1: and a stand up comedy, can't forget that. I love that.
0: All right, what are you most grateful for?
1: What am I most grateful for? I am, um, I really and you can't anything.
0: use your kids, that's a cop out. Come on. We already know you're grateful for your kids. So I get yeah,
1: that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really grateful. I'm really grateful for my faith. I'm really grateful for the people that have come into my life to share the gospel message. That's what I'm most grateful for because without that, man, I'd be a mess, man. I'd probably be an addict or in a in the, not saying I'm not trying to not addicts either because um <laughs> I, you know, but that's where I, I would definitely be. I I would I would see no purpose or value in life. Mm. I would be miserable because of the things that I've gone through. So for that, that is really truly, honestly, and, and I don't want you to feel like, oh, it's just I'm just saying that, but it's the truth. Because mm. without that, I know that my life would be a world of a mask. And it helps me to be thankful and grateful to God. So mm-hmm. I know we all, you know, in the Personal development space. We talk about writing your gratitude list. Yeah. For me, my gratitude list is really thanking God. You know, not just anyone or myself, or not just this list. It's like thank you, God, for you know my heartbeat today, and thank Mm -hmm. you for you know for providing my food, my shelter, everything that you've given me. Thank you, God, because I know it's Him, and truly thankful for that. Otherwise, I like I said, I would be. I would definitely be a mess because that's where I was before my faith. Hmm. I felt that there was no purpose. There was no value. I shouldn't even exist. I was an accident. And everybody who told me I was a bastard child mm-hmm. is right. That's the truth. And what's the point in, in being here? It was, just a, it, it was just a road to self-destruction. It was a highway to hell. Mm-hmm. I was on.
0: Yeah. I hear and
1: you. I used to love that song. Was- <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, Dr. Marie, I want to thank you for your time today. It has been educational, insightful, uplifting. Uh, You've taken us on quite the emotional roller coaster. That was intentional, though, on my part. And I just want to let you know how appreciative I am of you for who you are, what you've been through, because if you hadn't gone through the things that you've gone through, you wouldn't be the person you are today. And so I'm thankful for the trauma that you've been through because you've then learned how to turn that into something that allows you to be a blessing to others. So thank you for doing that and for being here today.
1: Thank you. Thank you. It was such an honor to be here with you.
0: And thank you to all of you for tuning in because I know that you have given me the absolute greatest gift you can possibly give, and that's your time. It is a non-renewable resource, and I don't take that lightly. So thanks again for being here, and we will talk to you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to Relationships and Revenue. I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. Two ways you can do that are to give us a rate and review and or connect with me on social media. You can find me at John Hewlin. Thanks again for listening, and remember, passion gets you started, purpose keeps you going. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time. Bye.